You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 70 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I am with the epic and super handsome Jeff Gargas. Epic. I get epic and super handsome. That's like two for why Why two, not just one of those. In to one be fair, Jeff Kubiak is who submitted some words for you, and he submitted a list of about 25 different words. <laughs> I decided to group those together because you are pretty epic, and I guess Jeff thinks you're pretty who's super handsome so there you go i think jeff's also super handsome so i think that's perfectly fine i will take it i appreciate that what's i uh what is his what's jeff's handle i forget it that's a really great question i'm so (laughs) glad you asked i'm gonna speak slowly as i look it up to confirm because it would be so bad to get it wrong oh here we go on twitter it's actually just his name it's jeffrey kubiak okay so at jeffrey kubiak that's k-u-b-i-a-k right that's right. Wow, you guys are so connected. You know how to spell his last name. By the way, big shout out, Jeffrey. His his book came out just uh, just on the third, on May third. Um, One drop of kindness, which is like a the really cutest cool children's story. book ever. Yes. And by the way, just so you aware, I have two stickers on my laptop: the Teach Better sticker and the One Drop of Kindness sticker. That's Aww. it. Jeff You're sent so it cool. out to me a while back saying, you know, and I got this little package. Man, I'm like, what is this from California? I'm like, oh, look at that. So big shout you out to Jeff. You know what would be Jeff. a good idea? If our listeners want a sticker, whether it be a Teach Better team sticker or a sticker about Jeff's new book, mm-hmm. you should tweet at us or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. We'll send you all some stickers. Do it. Yeah, we can totally do that. So definitely do that. And then here's what else I want them to do. So do a sticker, but then I need you to go over to teachbetterconference.com and register to the conference in November so you can come to Ohio and show us the sticker on whatever you put it on. Oh, yeah, and there's an option. You can also get our book that's coming out in August, and we'll we'll all four sign it for you as well. This is requiring – this is requiring a lot from our listeners. Are you really going to be this demanding only a few um, seconds? Our in? listeners are amazing, Ray, and they can handle anything we throw at them. Dun, dun, dun. It's not really, it's like tweet at us, get a sticker, and then go to teachbetterconference.com, register, and get the best thing in, ever in your life. Like, Well, I couldn't agree more with you. I'm just saying, <laughs> I thought you were going with tweet at us, get your sticker, and then when you receive it and put it on your laptop, like send us a photo and instead you're like nope we want in-person evidence that's what i want i want in-person evidence here in ohio in november and in return for that in-person evidence i'm gonna we're gonna give them dave burgess tall thompson and shelly burgess and adam welcome and ryan sheehy and tara martin and chad ostrowski and tiffany ott and ray hewart and i'm gonna be there too so I we think appreciate that you're going to show I, up. I, I think it's a yeah, I think it's a fair trade, don't you? I mean, I, you know, I don't know. So I do, and I know because <laughs> I'm in the know on these things. I yeah. know that we are releasing some other speakers, and so while the list you just named would be enough 
for people listening in their car to stop and pull over to really process that whole list, there is going to be so much more coming. Yes, because we are getting very, very close. So we're going to announce all the. Uh, we had some awesome proposals for session center and this has been very very difficult to go through it's been a lot of fun to go through them but it's been really tough to try and figure out and narrow it down because we can only bring so many people out so we're gonna be announcing those really really soon so super excited about that so let's do what before we get into the episode thing a real quick one last little thing on this ray if you had 30 seconds to tell me why i should come to the teach better conference in november what would you say my plug for the Teach Better Conference is just about the fact that we are designing this by taking every single component we've learned from the thousands of conferences we've been at, and we are putting it into a format that allows you to take a journey. This isn't a conference you're going to walk in, sit through a session or two, go get a long lunch, and just relax. While we hope it's relaxing, it's really going to be a growth journey. We are starting the process by all coming together. Chad is going to do an incredible activity to start us off. Then we have a full day of speakers. Then we have Tiffany. I mean, it's just going to be an epic transition from where we are now to where we're going to be at the end of the conference on Saturday afternoon. So if you are looking for just one event to really encompass your growth for the year, this is the one you need to be at, plain and simple. Well, you really build that up like it's going to be awesome. Like we got a lot to live up to now. Well, I know we have a lot to do too, so we should get that yeah, to-do list going maybe. To do. Yeah, we should really do that. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to all the speakers, everyone who applied applied to present. That's awesome. Can I give another shout? I want to give a shout out to uh, the Summit County ESC who's letting us take over their building for a couple of days, which is awesome. So, super excited. They have for no that. idea what they are they, about to they, do. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure they 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 know what they signed up for, but it's gonna be a good time. So. Uh, we, however, knew exactly what we signed up for in this episode, but I think we got even more than we thought because this was an awesome, awesome episode. Super excited. So Jennifer Wolf has been in our PLN and, and you know came in, I think, through the Master Chat family for a while now. And we've always known she was awesome, man. She she brought it in this episode. Uh, it was really cool. We had her. She moderated Master Chat a few months ago. Did an amazing job. Went live with us on Facebook and had a good time. And we finally got her on this podcast. I think it's a, she was perfect for episode number seventy. To be honest. Uh, so really quick about Jennifer. So she is she defines herself as a writer, teacher, mom, uh, and something she says is that she's dedicated to finding the extraordinary in the ordinary moments in life. Uh, Jennifer has taught English. She's currently going, teaching AVID. She's done yearbook uh, and reading. Uh, she served as a mentor, teacher, department leader, uh, AVID coordinator, a school technology coordinator. I mean, 28 years of experience. Just crazy. She's she's absolutely definitely a HyperDoc fanatic. But what I love about her take on HyperDocs is that there's so much more than just a document with links in them. The, the way she connects it and and how she looks at it and the way you can weave in and out. And all this. I mean, it's just awesome to listen to her talk about that. Uh, and I just, this was just a, a solid episode with some really cool advice, I think. Uh, a lot of little quotes that I pulled out from her that I was jotting down as we were going. Ray, we, I, I think you were doing the same because you reacted pretty strongly at the end that you wanted a follow-up question for like everything she did in the, uh, the six quick questions. What was what what stood out most to you? Because uh, I mean, we knew it was going to be a good episode because she's awesome. But like, what was it that really got you? You know, I think it was her focus. Every single answer she gives is about teaching the whole student, making purposeful connections, 
and just ensuring that her students are are growing through the relationships that she's built with them so she can reach them more deeply. I know that sounds cliche, but there was an answer to around, I don't even know what question it was. It was right after her success story that I, I think I even stopped. How embarrassing is this? I like stopped our audio and was like, did we get that on recording? Because that was like the coolest answer. She made this incredible analogy about being along the ride or along the journey with students mm-hmm. rather than sitting back and watching them go through it. Yeah. And so it it might have been, this is a little dramatic, it might have been my favorite kind of answer that we've had to that okay. question. I know it's a huge statement because we've had incredible people, but um, pay attention. After that success story, it's a great story, by the way, but after that, it gets good. So... Super excited for you to listen to episode 70 with Jennifer Wolf. All right, so we're here and we are talking with Jennifer Wolf. And Jennifer, it is super awesome to have you on here. You've been in our PLN for a while now. You've been in the Master Chat family for a while, correct? Yes, it's I been, have. I mean, I, you you moderated it, I think, just back in January, if I remember correctly. Right, correct? right, yeah, right. So, we talked about HyperDocs. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did. It was a great mm-hmm. chat, too. Um, I th- If I remember correctly, I think that was... This is weird that I remember this, but I think that was Lexi, our social yes. media manager, her first night, like really being involved in a chat. She was like, so I didn't know what <laughs> hyperdocs were before tonight, but apparently they're awesome. Uh, so I, rem- I don't know why I, rem- I remember that moment. It's crazy. So so anyway, so you've been around for a while. Like you've been a part of the family. So it's awesome to have you on here now well, thank uh, you. with us chatting. So we, we just really appreciate you taking the time and, and chatting with us. But how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling great, actually. You know, I had a good day at work, and now I'm at home, and this is a great way to wind things up. So, yeah, really great. Well, Jennifer, I want to start off by allowing our listeners to get to know you a little bit. You're obviously very involved in education, and Jeff gave you a great introduction. But how do you describe yourself? Um, I describe myself as a writer, teacher, mom. And I have those three descriptors because over the years of 28 years of teaching, they have kind of woven together in my life as um, my passion for writing and sharing stories and, and um, ideas about teaching and my children. And of course, teaching takes up my most of my daytime, but being a mom has been the underlying current that has connected all of these things together. So uh, you know, 20 years of teaching, I teach uh, middle school, seventh, eighth, ninth. So some people describe me as crazy, but I think it's super <laughs> fun. Um, and in those jobs, I have, oh, I've tried lots of different things over the years. So right now I'm teaching English and AVID and I teach a reading class and I'm a Google certified educator. And my latest is a um, AVID staff developer. I just got hired to be a national trainer. So that's kind of lots of different things for me to do every day. Very cool. Can you can you dive just for for those who may not know? Can you tell us a little bit about AVID? Oh sure, AVID is a college and career readiness uh, program that was started in the 1980s. It's a national program for uh, kids to develop the skills to be college and career ready and 21st century learners. And we run um, elective classes in our middle school. I have an eighth and ninth grade elective class every day. And we work on everything from um, making sure kids are not only eligible for the most rigorous classes at school, but also have the support needed to be successful. Um, We also try and offer opportunities for kids to get out beyond the school, um, whether it's virtually or physically through field trips, so that they can experience 
what they're getting themselves prepared for and have the opportunities that um, kids uh, that they might not experience uh, otherwise. And we also really work on student advocacy. We want our students to be able to not only speak for themselves, but to also understand and engage and learn um, those skills that are needed when they graduate from high school and go out into college and careers. Very cool. Really important work. So thank you. I appreciate thank you sharing a little bit with that. So so I want to talk to you a little bit about failure. I want to go into this. You're 28 years uh, in middle school, doing a lot of different things, trying a lot of different subjects, exploring different areas. Uh, can you take us to time and share a time that you've had a failure in your life and kind of share with, with us what, what happened? How did that make you feel? Then how did you overcome that? And what did you take away from that experience? Uh, is there anything I haven't failed at? Um, you know, I think <laughs> when... We, over my years of teaching and parenting, that word failure has changed connotation. And I think um, I, pre I prefer to think about every day, every experience as a, as a learning opportunity. And I, I have failed at a lot of things uh, as a mom and a teacher, but not more than once or maybe twice in a row. <laughs> and so I think about, um, for me, you know, learning from my, my mistakes that I have made as a teacher and a parent, um, certainly in my tech experience with starting out uh, as not a non-digital native, I am a digital immigrant at my age. I was not, I wrote my college thesis on a typewriter and did not have Google to, to search up anything or to, you know, to get my resources. So for me, um, incorporating technology into my curriculum has been all about failing forward, um, learning on my own, how to do things, how to um, not be afraid I'm going to break the internet or, or blow something up because I am, <laughs> you know, clicking here and trying to see what's going to happen next. And I think for me, um, you know, looking at failure that way is, whether it's a lesson that I try using technology. Well, just today, for example, I was using Pear Deck and I've used Pear Deck many times before, but it failed, it wouldn't connect. And I kept trying and trying and I had to have plan B in my back pocket. So um, I learned after writing to Pear Deck that it wasn't me, it was them. <laughs> and I had to work around with it, but I think learning, like I said, making those mistakes uh, once is is one thing, but the idea is to keep learning from them and moving forward. Very cool. Yeah, very important to to uh, it, it take every mistake and find the way to learn it, the, the piece of learning that happened in it so that you can hopefully not do it again or at least not fail as bad the next time, and then you can learn again and continue moving there. So love yeah, it. Great. Absolutely. Let's flip it. Let's talk about a successful moment you've had. It's going to be something that's big or something that's small. But tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what did you take away from that experience? Okay. Well, I think that kind of goes back to, you know, the things that I've tried as a teacher. Um, and I remember when I was first teaching how we were told, don't smile until December. Um, you know, you got to get the, make the kids sort of scared of you, like be the authority figure. And um, after having my own kids in my class, when they were both in eighth grade and ninth grade, um, I really realized how impactful the power of a relationship is, not only because I was teaching my own kids, but because I was teaching all of their friends. And having that relationship with many of them already built in just made my job so much more fun. And I realized that uh, 
building that relationship, showing up every day, excited to be there, showing the kids that I care about them, meeting them at the door, um, talking to them about what they're interested is really um, been something that has allowed me to move forward with everything else that comes up in middle school. So, um, you know, for, for example, having a, a student who comes in as a seventh grader and is terrified about being in my class or that they're going to not be able to, uh, to read the number of books that I'm asking them to do or to write uh, you know, an argument essay. Um, being, having spent time at the front end building up the relationships is really where uh, I feel like I've been very successful in reaching kids of all different levels, and, and particularly the kids who haven't had much success in school, don't feel really good about school. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff. We're going to get right back to the episode, but how does $50 sound? Head over to teachbetterconference.com, look for the two-day registration, put in a discount code, podcast talk, and you're going to save yourself $50 off registration. We're going to see you on November 8th and 9th at the Teach Better Conference, and right now, let's get back to the episode. You know, Jennifer, I love that you're a middle school teacher. We have, you know, all crazy middle school teachers got to stick together. I, I too, am a middle school teacher, and you are so spot on that those relationships can make or break the success of of not just your school year, but but the students' learning pathway. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. You know, I've taught a, a lot of students over the years. I am just fortunate enough this year to actually be teaching one of my good friend's children. And man, it's like it's like you're starting two years in advance, right? You have right. already built those fundamentals and, and the types of conversations about about content are just so much deeper. Right, right. It really made me relook at my practice and especially watching your own kids going through a school system that you've you've been a part of for so long. Thinking about you know, what, what, everybody wants the best for their kids. And, you know, a lot of teachers call their students their kids, but are they really treating them like they are their kids? Are they really teaching like they would teach if that was their own child in their classroom? You know, really giving it the best that they can every day. And that experience just really, really shaped me in the last 10 years about how I have. Uh, changed not just what I do in the classroom, but what I do outside of the classroom to make my lessons um, more meaningful and more engaging and the kinds of things. My kids are, one's graduated from college and one is in college now. So I see what what they're being asked to do and the options that are opening up for them. And I want to get my students prepared for that. So for me, this, you know, the teaching, the mothering, the writing has all kind of woven together. And when I figured that out, that was really made my job more successful, you know, all over. Well, I, I love that's another component I want to touch on your passion for not just preparing students with content, but preparing them for the the real life skills, the essential skills, however you want to call them mm-hmm. for, for students to actually see where their impact lies is something that you and I really have in common on top of the middle school component. I mean, Jeff, whether it be the the teach further model, that obviously is what comes to mind for me, or anything in between, are opportunities to allow students to see the real world impact of their learning, and then for teachers to purposefully embed the the whole child skills that we need to be focusing on in our classroom throughout the content. It could not be more important. I love that that's something that you hold so close. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that you know the failures that I had from starting to teach during the No Child Left Behind, well, actually I started before that, <laughs> but during the No Child Left Behind movement where everything was test focused and it was all about the outcome at all cost. And I think we really did a huge disservice, obviously to our students, but also to our teachers because we took away a lot of the joy that comes from building relationships and watching. Uh, there's somebody who mentioned a phrase that stuck in my head that they wanna be the guide on the ride. You know, we were taught to be the sage on the stage and then you have the guide on the side. I wanna be the guide on the ride. I wanna be right in there with my kids, experiencing what they're learning, um, giving them feedback, coaching them along the way, not just reacting when they turn in an assignment and they haven't met the standard. I wanna be, I wanna know ahead of time before they even turn something in for evaluation, where they are, what they know, where they need to um, push themselves a little bit more. What you just said, I, I don't know how the rest of this podcast is going to go, but that is the <laughs> that is my favorite thing that we have recorded, Jeff. I could not agree more. And it's funny because as you see teachers transition, they started to see that these skills were missing. So they started to teach them in isolation. Right. And the idea of blending them within content, gosh, I mean, we've Okay, we've hit a nerve. I, I love this. I, I love your analogy and the importance of teachers to see these connections and then know that tools exist for them to do that. Right, right. And, um, you know, another piece of this is my love of uh, Hyperdox and technology. And when I met Lisa Highfill um, and Sarah Landis and Kelly Hilton, the people, who, the women who created Hyperdox, um, I was so connected, not just to the ability to use tech in this way, but to all of the pedagogy that goes behind creating a hyperdoc and making it more than a doc with links, but something that the teacher has thought through and is weaving uh, the strand of their the teacher's thinking and where they want the kids to go and knowing where it's going to end up, but also being open to the idea of it going in lots of different directions, depending on what the kids need to do or where their creativity comes into play. And I, my mind exploded when I, when I heard Lisa talking for the first time, because I thought, yes, this is what I've been thinking. <laughs> and you are giving me some ideas and tools about how to put this into practice because, uh, teachers, to me, teaching is a craft and an art, and that's a creative form where it's not just about open up the book and do these questions. You know, it's for me about thinking, where do I want my students to go and how am I going to get them there? Absolutely. And I actually used HyperDocs for a long time when building the mastery framework that I use for my students in their classroom. We use the grid method, but it allows my students to add so much depth into they're learning as we're diving into content, which is all scaffolded using Web COK, but the avenues of learning are endless. And so the possibilities that you open up while using technology purposefully is, is incredible. Yes, absolutely. And so, my work with Avid has now pulled that in also because using, like you said, using technology with a purpose, it's not just about open up the Chromebook. It's about um, how, how can I use technology to get kids to be able to think and do and learn and share in ways that they couldn't do before? So I have to know, um, when we talk about advice on the podcast, it we kind of 
go a few different directions. With everything you've shared, I want you to imagine, you know, the listener that that is listening to Teach Better Talk that that loves the conversation we're having and wants to just take the first step in implementing all these best practices into their classroom. And it really can be scary at first when you start talking about mm-hmm. real world connections and teaching the whole child and here's these tech tools and all these pieces. What advice do our teachers need to stay progressive and really take that step in the direction of reaching their students more deeply? Wow. Well, that's a big question. Um, Sorry. (laughs) But I mean, we can we can look at it in lots of different layers. I think, first of all, looking at what when you're in the classroom and you're doing uh, your teaching and you know it works, you know what that feels like. And because you also know what it feels like when it doesn't work. Um, and I think looking at those moments that you have when you feel really good, like, you know, everyone's with you and they're engaged and you, you're walking around like, oh, my God, I got this. <laughs> you know, Think about, well, how does that feel to you? Because everybody's going to feel differently about that. That's that's a, but where where is that? And so focus on what makes you feel really good. And then think about also what doesn't work and what am I doing now that I could do differently in. Um, in order to make uh, the outcome that I want. Um, and I'd say start small, pick one thing or two things. Um, you know, if you go on Twitter and you start searching hashtags and going on Twitter chats, you are gonna find so many people doing so many things, it's overwhelming. Pick something small, pick something that you can try. When I started with HyperDocs, I, act, I actually started with something very small, but I did it and I gave it to my kids and it was kind of like putting it out in the universe and seeing what happened. And then I was able to go, okay, that worked, that didn't work. And that felt good, that didn't feel good. That would be the first thing that I would say to somebody, just start small, pick one small thing that you could do differently to get the outcome that you want. That's a, that's a, it's really cool that you say that start small, because actually in episode 69 with Bruce and Aaron Umstead, Bruce, they both sort of touched on that on a project that they're working on. And Bruce said that he has a tendency of like, just going bigger, bigger, bigger ideas. And he was set, mm-hmm. so he get he he was getting this pattern of not starting, and then mm-hmm. he finally like through working with his sister like they realized okay let's start small let's pick pieces out of it and stuff and then build from there. And I think it is right. like it's it's really you know it's it, it can be dangerous getting on you know like Twitter and Instagram and seeing all these amazing educators and all the things mm-hmm. that they're sharing and feel like you need to do it all at once. Uh, right, she just right. recently had someone in our Facebook group, which I'm not sure if you're in our Facebook group, but you should be if you're not. Because I, I think, think you bring a lot of value there. But if you're not, if you're listening and you're not, Facebook, get in there, just search Teach Better Team. Our page will come up, but the group will come up, get in there, some awesome collaboration. But someone recently posted that uh, he's been seeing all these amazing teachers. Every time he follows more and more people on Twitter, he just feels like he's a he a bad teacher. And right. uh, luckily, the, the group came to his rescue and was like, hey, stop thinking like that. And here's mm-hmm. the, and gave him ideas and stuff. But once someone actually commented, like, start small. Look for the little things mm-hmm. you can do. Like that's 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 awesome advice. I love it. So yeah, I I use that idea in all aspects of not just of teaching but of life. You know, go slow to go fast. We were pushed so hard during um, previous decades to get through content and get through this chapter. And I think, especially when you are introducing kids to a new way of thinking. Um, they're they're not used to it, and they're they're going to say this is hard, and I don't know how to do this, and oh can I can't I just do this on a piece of paper, um, and to go slow to get give yourself the time to figure it out, but also to give the kids time to get used to it. Um, 
ask ask for a lot of feedback. I'll, with every lesson I do at the end of every grading term, I ask my students for feedback. What worked? What would you suggest we could do differently? What kind of advice would you give? It that empowers the kids, but it also gives the teacher just invaluable advice because they're our customers, and we want to know how did how does a twelve year old respond to this lesson? You might think it's great, but if the twelve year old is 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 feeling frustration to the point where they aren't able to get past that, then that's not great. And that that's something that you can shift. Yeah. And that's something right, we've talked about that, about surveying your students and, and asking them and getting mm -hmm. that feedback and Chad pushed that stuff. So I love it. You're, you're speaking right, right, right our language <laughs> for sure, Jennifer. So very yeah. awesome advice, great advice. So let's have some fun now. We're going to do the next okay. six questions and your goal is to answer each one of these in 15 seconds or less. You ready to go? Of course. All right. What is this. one ed tech tool that you cannot live without? Why'd you say one? I'm going to say Google Slides slash Wakelet. Uh, Wakelet could, is a brand She new couldn't tool. do one. <laughs> because you can use, okay, I'll, I'll go with, I couldn't live without Google Slides, but I also I can't live without Wakelet. So I can't pick one. I have to pick Because two. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to pause the game because I don't know. Tell me Wakelet. What's that? Tell me about Wakelet, that. Give me the 30 oh, seconds. Wakelet is awesome. It's like, uh, it's a, powerful curation tool where okay. you can uh, allow you can use for yourself like when I'm making units I use that to collect all kinds of resources from the web but also I use it I embed it in my hyperdoc so I kids can share we just did infomercials and there they needed to share that we make a wakelet everyone can access it and you can share wakelets with other people there's a great community out there of people that are cool. um, collaborating that way Boom. awesome all right give us a book that you're reading right now I'm reading Little Fires Everywhere. I read about a book a week and a lot of fiction, but some nonfiction too. Uh, who do we need to follow on Twitter today? The Hyperdoc Girls. You need to follow Lisa, uh, follow Lisa Highfill at L Highfill. You need to follow Carly Mora at Carly with a K Mora. Uh, you should file, uh, follow Wakelet. That's W-K-E-L-E-T. Beardsley Teach and Ms. Marshall CMS. And what's the best YouTube channel or website for educators? hyperdocs.co of course and within that they have uh, a link to their teachers give teachers website where the hyperdoc community shares uh, all of their creations for free no paying teachers and it's a great opportunity for you to find really awesome lessons and get lots of ideas very cool and give us a daily weekly or monthly routine every teacher should get into ah, uh, plan long term um, i learned that when i was a a young mom I never knew if your kid was going to get sick. So plan things out, but be flexible and also assess promptly. If you can't assess something within a week, um, reconsider why you're doing it and um, why you can't assess it in that time. And what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? First year I was teaching, geez, uh, no kid wakes up in the morning hoping to go to school and fail. Mm. I think about that all the time. A teacher told me that and I went, oh, gosh, you're right. And if, mm -hmm. when I get in those really hard moments, um, and I use this with my students every year, I tell them, I, this is what I think. I believe this about you. And it just immediately you can feel the, the affect go, oh, yes, you're right. Um, and even the toughest kids, they didn't wake up wanting to fail. Love it. I think she did awesome, Ray. What do you think? Okay, not only did awesome, but every answer, I'm like, I have a follow-up question. I have a follow-up question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to throw a follow-up question at her? You well, can throw I one. I'll give you one. I guess I want to say 
Jennifer, I've been a fan for a long time. I've been following you on Twitter and all the other social media platforms, but oh man, are we talking after this recording ends because you are outstanding and I love your advice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I I love what I do and and I love to talk about it. Well, I have to ask you this final question, which is how not only me, but everyone else listening is going to be able to connect with you and ask all of those important follow-up questions. And that has to do with how you want people to connect with you. So would you mind sharing whatever social media you're most comfortable with to ensure that this conversation doesn't end just today? Absolutely. Well, of course, Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot and I'm at MamaWolfT02 because I have two kids. That's MamaWolf22. Um, same handle on Instagram. I'm on Instagram uh, as not quite as much as Twitter. Um, my website is jenniferwolf.net. That's wolf with an E. And on my website, I post frequently um, about teaching and parenting, and I share a lot of hyperdocs and lesson ideas on there also. And then my Facebook page is Mama Wolf. So those are all um, great resources. And if you're interested in checking out Wakelet, you can also uh, go to wakelet.com. And there I am at Jennifer Wolf. 3929. Very cool. And you know, you can check out all the links and resources and everything we've mentioned in this episode over at teachbetter.com in the show notes, as well as those really important links to connect with and ask all those follow-up questions to Jennifer as well. So head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate that as well. And then I really want you to take it one step further. I want you to think of three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and share this podcast with them because a lot of you are listening. You may be subscribed, but you haven't told your friends, your family, and your colleagues that this is the best uh, podcast in the world. And we want them to know that because we want them to hear these stories. So please do that. And, uh, Jennifer, wow, this was this was. I'm I'm really glad. I, I, it took us a while to get you on here, but I'm kind of glad that we kind of like let it go to episode seventy. It worked really well, I think. Awesome. And super excited to have you in here with us and chatting and sharing your story and your knowledge, and getting Ray all jazzed up for additional questions afterwards. So thank you so much. We just appreciate your time a whole lot. My pleasure, absolute pleasure to talk to you. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. I don't know why I cut it up like that when I spoke. It was awesome.